listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Nikki and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. Then it's Sports Center all night on 98.7 ESPN. Hope you had a great day. Uh, last night had the opportunity to fill in for Chris Carlin. And we spoke to Ian Begley. And Ian Begley dropped some interesting information on us last night. One of the things he mentioned was the fact that uh, he thought that Mark Jackson, whom many fans covet as the head coach of the Knicks, would love for him to be head coach of the Knicks. I am one of them. That he is has a better chance next season of being the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked when I heard that. But he mentioned Mark Jackson and Tyron Lue would be the leading candidates. And obviously, it's a it's a fluid situation there. Jacques Vaughn is your head coach. He's going to take this team into the uh, postseason. He's going to take this team into the restart, and they're going to do what they can uh, to see, you know, what they can do to try to advance. Although when you look at some of the issues they've had personnel-wise, it's going to be tough for them. I mean, there's no question. It's going to be tough. So, uh, not a good situation for the Nets, not a good situation for Jacques Vaughn. Uh, but hopefully, you know, they'll figure out what's going to happen in that scenario. The other thing, obviously, that was conversation with Ian Begley of SNY and I was the situation with the Knicks head coaching spot. Uh, obviously, Tom Thibodeau has been the leading candidate. Tom Thibodeau has been the leading candidate since day one of the search. Uh, you can expect probably an announcement, I would think, by the end of the month, maybe before then. Ian Begley seemed to think that maybe by the end of this week or early next week, you could have the results of who's going to be the next Nick head coach. They have spoken to a number of folks through two rounds. And while I joke about the fact that they have spoken to 759 people about, about being this head coach, of this team. I've also mentioned to you that I think it's a good thing because it gives them parameters. It gives them an idea of how people would think about tackling this job, uh, what their thought process is, what their game plan would be. So the more people you listen to, obviously and clearly the more people that you think are close to the plan that you want or close to the plan that you think is doable. Those are the people that you want to hire. So I like the fact that they've spoken to a number of people. I like the fact that they have not rushed to this decision. I also mentioned with Ian, and we had the conversation as I've had with you, about Tom Thibodeau and his research and going around different teams and looking to see how those teams do business and what adjustments he needs to make in his coaching philosophy as to how to attack his next job, whether it's of, you know, no matter where it is. And obviously, Ian Begley mentioned last night that when you think of Tom Thibodeau, I think his quote was, you're not going to just roll out the basketball for some 19, 20, and 21-year-olds. Well, that sent Twitter on fire last night. Uh, a number of Nick fans were unhappy with that thought process or that prospect because they felt that Tom Thibodeau equals veterans and free agents. So it got our team to thinking at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. 
Our poll question tonight, if you were Nick's GM, how would you make up the team? Would it be rookies and draft choices? Would it be free agents and vets? Or would it be veterans and rookies? And you can also weigh in at 1-800-919-3776. I think I know how the poll is going to go, but I am curious. And if there's none of the above, you're welcome to call and tell me what your thought process would be. Now, I am for rookies and free agents to a point. Um, Because unless I understand and see who's going to be the person that is brought in to develop these rookies and young players and draft choices, I don't know if that's going to be the answer either. Right? We've seen a number of players come in here. Would you say that Frank Nilakina, who is a draft choice, has been developed yet? Would you say that in the two years that Mitchell Robinson has been here, that consistently has there been a person that has worked with him where you can see some adjustments to his game, right? Where you can see that right now he is uh, a very talented athletic player who's raw. We understood he was raw. It was a great deal to get him. He was a steal in the second round. Nobody thought he was going to be any good because of the fact that he did not uh, go to college. And so, listen, you knew he was a project working with him. And for me, as I've said, I love to see him add to his game offensively. We know what he can do defensively. He's done that. Natural talent, shot blocker, natural talent, rebounder. But there's time now to add to his game. It's time now to put some offense to his game where he's not just a guy that finishes on the break all the time. That you want to be able to use his height and use him on plays when you're not in the break, even in a half-court set where, listen, if you have some three-point makers, you've got he will at least command a double team which could free up one of your three-point spotters for open threes. So to do that, you need to make him more of an offensive weapon. And so the question would be, Whoever is going to take over, will a member of their staff work extra hard to make sure that that happens, that you complete this player? The same thing with Frank Nilakina. We've talked about him. You look at him and, and there are times that he plays, he shows you a lot of promise. He shows you the ability to see the floor well. He shows you the ability to be aggressive offensively where he'll take it to when he has an opening, he'll take it to the basket and make an easy layup. Uh, The jumper has to be worked on. And listen, that's with everybody. You continue to work on your jump shot. All right. So you know that he needs some work there. So, but obviously in the years that he's been here, he's been inconsistent. Injuries have also been an issue with him. So that's a concern. Uh, I am still trying to figure out, and it is a loss to me, what the deal was with Alonzo Trier. I still believe that, yes, we knew he was an offensive guy. Yes, we understood during some parts of practice during his time here with the Knicks that there have been some concerns about his lack of defense. But listen, everybody in the league is not stellar defensively. And whether it was a scenario that he was not listening to the coaches, he was not flourishing at that position as far as getting defensive, 
intensity, whether he was just missing his assignments. I really am not quite sure what happened. I do know that when he was able to see the floor and get playing time, he made a difference. He was able to put the ball in the basket. And there were times when sometimes off your bench, you need a guy who can just score the basketball. And I think he could have become that person. Now, once again, I qualify this by saying, since I'm not embedded with the Knicks as I had been for years, I don't know what's going on, don't know what happened at practices. But for me, it's unusual to see that he would have just been given up on and waived the way he was. So that's, you know, a draft choice that's gone. Uh, The next person that's really been a mystery to me is Kevin Knox. And I'm not quite sure what happened with him. I thought in his rookie year, he was a young player who showed you some promise as the year went on. He was a player who got better, I thought, offensively. His shot selection got better. And last year, he just took a step back. Now, could that have been because there were more veterans brought in and his playing time was cut back or his confidence was lost? I don't know. But I do know there's a number of callers. There's been some folks who I've spoken with who just don't think much of him. They don't think that he is going to be a guy that can take that next step. He's only 20 years old. So I'm a little reluctant to give up on him. I think, once again, depending on who comes in as coach and the staff that they have, that they can work with him. 20 is very, very young. And he's been in the league two years. All right? So, uh, you know, yes, we knew the the word about him coming out of Kentucky was that he had some motor issues. There were times that he wasn't going to be ready to go. There were times that he – kind of loafed up and down the court. There were times that he was not, didn't seem to be engaged. Okay. So I get that. But, you know, at this level with the opportunity to show what you can do, I I still think he has a chance to show what he can do. Uh, defensively, listen, I've criticized him. He's been a horror show. He gives up the baseline constantly. Okay. But once again, that's something that can be coached. So, you know, when you look at this roster the way it is, and there's other players on this roster, it just makes me curious to see how you would attack it. Doesn't concern me who the coach is right now. I'm just looking at the general manager side of it, and I want you to tell me what you would do and how you would, you know, form this team to see how you could do better. And with rookies and draft choices, okay. How soon do you think you're going to be able to turn this around if you just do rookies and draft choices? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight here on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight. If you were Knicks GM, how would you make up the team? Would it be rookies and draft choices? Would it be free agents and veterans? Or would it be veterans and rookies? Hmm. Jay Blaze NYC on Twitter. Uncle L, what's up? How is it that all of a sudden the plan no longer seems to be centered around RJ Mitch and all the draft choices we've compiled? I don't know that that's the case yet, um, Jay Blaze. I still believe that 
those guys are still going to be the centerpieces. I think right now what the franchise is trying to figure out is with all these one-year contracts that they signed last year, what's the next best move to do? Okay. Uh, Taj Gibson, do you bring him back? Uh, you know, Alfred Payton, do you bring him back? Bobby Portis, uh, Alfred Payton, those guys, do, do you bring those guys back or do you make moves for other veterans to replace them? What do you do? What, what is the game plan there? So I do think that that's where they're looking at. And of course, they have to wait and see what comes up in the draft. What is the focus? What, what are they looking for in this draft? Now, clearly, they have, uh, we know they're looking for a point guard. <laughs> they're always looking for a point guard, right? They, they, they always, one thing you know about the Knicks, they always appear to be looking for somebody to run the team. I thought in situations last year, Alfred Payton did a really good job in running the team. I thought he did. Is he the number one point guard that you want? No, I don't think so, but I do think he's a guy who is a serviceable point guard. I think the big concern that people have is when you hear Tom Thibodeau and you hear that they're, it's going to be a team that's a mixture of veterans and rookies, I think if we played word association or if we were playing password, the old school game show, you're thinking – all right, here we go. CP3 is coming. That's it. We're going to get this 40-year-old point guard and pay him $35, $40 million a year, and then we're going to be right back where we started from. And I don't know that that is the case. I don't know that that's what they're thinking. But I do know that they're looking to have some mixture of veterans and rookies on this team because I do think that they feel that the the era of 12, not that that they have 12, I'm being sarcastic, but 12 wins, 15 wins, 20 wins, 22 wins is done. They need to turn the corner and try to show some kind of growth, whereas you don't have a constant revolving door at your head coaching position because the team is not winning. Because, you know, that's a big problem. You got to have some stability in your franchise. And it's hard to have stability at the head coaching position when your team is not winning. It just is. 1-800-919-3776. Mo's in Queens. Mo, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. What's up? What's up, Larry? How's everything, man? Everything's good, Mo. What's going on? Chilling, man. Uh, you caught me off guard with your yesterday show. So before I, uh, before I answer your next question, I, I want to throw you off track a little. Okay. Uh, you, you, you've seen uh, J-Lo and A-Rod, how they're getting Travis Kelsey now. Yes, and yes. All right, look, I don't want to sound greedy. I don't want to, you know, sound, you know, bradish. But, you know, since the Wilpon said, I'm hoping Steve uh, Cohen just hops in there and just makes a crazy deal. Can you just imagine if A-Lo and J-Lo get a divorce, how that's going to erupt on the Mets <laughs> and how J-Lo, she's not really dedicated. She, she's not even a Mets fan. She's just doing this. I feel like this is getting some money up, get her, get some money, because obviously this is a profit and mm-hmm. uh, doing it for A-Rod as well. So I want to see how you feel about that. All right, but Mo, to be fair, I don't think Travis Kelsey's a Met fan. <laughs> uh, true, true, true. You know, it's 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 a business partnership, my friend. And in a business partnership, here's the positives to them. In a business partnership, from Alex Rodriguez, 
you're, if you're looking for a baseball guy, you've got him, right? Here's a guy yeah. that knows the game. Here's a guy who understands what to do. Here's a guy, as one of the callers mentioned last night, who is on top of analytics today and how the game is played. You can do. You can do. Not you. You you can't do much better than Alex Rodriguez in that role. So I do think that that is a positive. And the more people they have is also a positive from the money standpoint. Keep in mind what Rich Catino mentioned last week when he was on the show, Mo, that there is a concern the Wilpons have for Steve Cohen because his money mostly, according to Catino, was gotten through the hedge fund. Well, that's what happened to the last guy that they dealt money with. So if you look at, and reading various financial um, you know, magazines and websites, they indicate that the Wilpons would really, if, if, if they could come in, J-Lo and A-Rod and their crew, if they could come in close to the asking price, they would rather sell to them than Steve Cohen. I understand all that, but as a, as a fan perspective, you know, we both Mets fans. I was mm-hmm. listening to uh, uh, Alan and, and Han, uh, Alan and Barn with uh, Scott. Barton Han. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go, there you go. And he was saying how it could, could it could be like a Clipper situation, a Laker, uh, Laker situation, you know, how the rivalry mm-hmm. and how everything, uh, he could just yeah. keep on spending money. And then just imagine how Steve Cohen would go out every free agent, especially he's a Mets fan, so he's been through everything we've been through and how uh, with the Will Ponds is always cheap. So, like, I feel like it, no matter what, I feel like Steve Cohen will be the better sell for, as a fan. I hear you, Mo. Mo, there's pluses and minuses with both. <laughs> with yeah, anybody yeah. you get, there's going to be pluses and minuses. Look, again, I don't want to sound greedy. I'll take anybody besides the Will Ponds. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you. I, uh, look, we already lost Kyrie and, and, and KD to the Nets. I don't want to lose Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gunn to the Nets again. I don't care if they win next year. I love Thibodeau. I'll take Thibodeau as a worst-case scenario. I'll take Axon as a worst-case scenario. But you got to attack Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. You've seen what Jeff Van Gundy did in the 18 and under USA team. Mm-hmm. He's just he's he's a phenomenal coach. But I heard he might go to Rockets because D'Antoni's done over there. But yeah, I'm maybe, yeah. good looking for the call, my, uh, Larry. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Mo. Thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. It's an interesting scenario there uh, with Jeff Van Gundy because while – it seems as though there was that everything is cool with Jeff in the garden and the Knicks. I'm not sure if they want to go back. Let's face it. He was a guy who had a lot of success with this Knicks team. He was a guy that was there under Pat Riley. He was a guy when he was head coach, he did a nice job with this team. And there's no question that Jeff Van Gundy knows his basketball. No question. He is a brilliant coach. Um, I'm just not sure that, and according to what Ian Begley mentioned last night from his reporting, it just appears as though that the Knicks weren't going to go in that direction. So apparently they haven't even spoken with him. Uh, So I was a little surprised at that because I did think that as part of doing your due diligence, right, and, and talking to various candidates who are familiar with basketball around the league, that he would, he and Mark Jackson would be perfect because they are broadcasters for us at ESPN, and because they are, they see all the teams, so they get the chance to parachute in. They get the chance to look at all thirty-two teams in preparation for games that they are broadcasting. So they get to talk to coaches. They get to talk to front office people. So for me, I thought they would be an excellent resource 
for you to continue to do your homework on what's the best way to attack going forward with the roster you have, the young players you have, to get a better result from them and also to develop them so that they can improve and ultimately be the players that you drafted them to be. So I was a little disappointed that they didn't speak to them, but Lord knows they've spoken to a number of people. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. What's going on, Larry? Everything is good, man. How are you? Uh, better than last night, Larry. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because, I mean... I love when Beckles is on the air. You dig? Yes. I love I love when he's on the air. But I felt like the like the air guy like, you know, got let out the balloon a little bit, man. I thought we were going in one direction and next thing I you know, Larry, it's like remember when you was a kid, right? And you thought she was gonna go you thought you was gonna go to Toys R Us and get them toys, Larry, and then mm-hmm. you ended up going to Conway, Larry, remember Conway? Yeah, you had to go to Conway, it's like yeah, not the it's same. No, uh, it's not the same, you know. I know. But you know what? You can find good stuff at Conway too. <laughs> Larry, 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 stop playing. My house was filled with them pink. We ain't gonna go there. We ain't gonna go there, Larry. We have that's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. Best school supplies in the city. That was I'm just saying. <laughs> Sometimes you know. And guess what? You had something nobody else had. Absolutely. That was the other thing about it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So maybe, maybe you'll get some players nobody else would have thought of. <laughs> Larry, I got I got one after we do our shout outs. I got one for you. I'll speak okay. to Kyrie about it. I got one, and maybe it is not nothing crazy, Larry. It ain't the Greek freak. It ain't nothing. No, 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 no. Because that's because he's not coming here. Like so that. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't expect yeah. that because I don't expect him. Thank you. We're going to steep it in reality. But first, let's mm-hmm. go, you want to do the shout outs? You ready? Yes, yes, we can do that. All right, let's go to work. Go ahead. All right, so we're headed to Central Jersey tonight, and we're going to shout out the Princeton Health Group, which is part of Penn Medicine, for all the work that they do in various locations in Central Jersey. And they handled the gamut. They go from head to toe. They take your mental health, they take your rehab, and of course, the work that they're doing to help stem this tide of the COVID-19 pandemic that's been with us for months and people just keep, you know, losing their minds and we see it tick up, we see it tick up, tick up, tick up. And so we're hoping that people get back and understand, you know what, well, we, we got out a little bit, we got out of hand a little bit, but we need to put our mask back on and do our Absolutely. social distancing and do the things that we need to do so we can get it back down. Because here's the thing, we keep hearing, well, there's going to be a second wave, there's going to be a second wave. We're not done with the first wave. Yeah, the way it's going, the right. first wave is still going pretty strong. So we shout out all the folks in the Penn Group uh, over in Princeton, the Penn Medicine and Princeton Health in uh, Central New Jersey tonight. Awesome, Larry. That sounds that. Like I said, I mean, we we just got to be a little more responsible. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And you know, and hearing the hearing the uh, the advancements that we're making with the uh, with the human trials today, that's a step yes. in the right direction that's for good. a vaccine. You see what it I'm is. saying? But we got, but that's going to take time. We can't we can't depend on that right now. We have to do the things that we can do to control this spread and get that curve back down because we were Absolutely. doing so good, and then it just kind of went crazy, you know. And and we knew that wild. was going to come with the with the winter with the with the summer weather. We knew that was coming. Yeah. I, I, it was a given, right? Yeah, we, we spoke yeah. about it. 
So you've got to be did. a little more responsible. I wanted to shout out St. Joseph Medical Center down here, down in Houston. Um, okay. They're overrun tonight, Larry. They, I mean, they're running out of beds, you know, and it's, it's serious, you know. And uh, those, those, those guys and uh, ladies down there are putting in, like, yeoman's work, man. They just – they're killing the game right now. So just wanted to shout them out tonight, let them know we're thinking about them. you got a couple of listeners up in there, too, if I'm not mistaken. So All right. Well, just shout, out shout to them. them out let them – Right. Just want to shout them out. Let them know we're thinking about them tonight. Um, it's getting tough. It's getting tough. And and again, this can be solved with just wearing a mask. You know, if mm-hmm. people don't want to lose their livelihoods and things like that. Of you know, closing your work and everything like that. Man, just put a mask on, man. You know, practice yep. social distancing, man. It'll go a little. It'll go a long way. I promise you. Definitely it'll go does. a long way. Definitely and you'll be helping does. out somebody maybe a little older. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So. Again, I didn't want to be Debbie Downer last night, but I was a little frustrated after Beggles was on. I was like, oh, man, you know. <laughs> and then to know that Kyrie and Joel are going to be laughing at me with Mark Jackson on their sideline, well, that didn't help either. You know? I know. I know. And, I hear you. And, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't good. You know, they said over there looking like, you know, over there looking like the Grinch. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it wasn't a good look. It was not a good look. But I was thinking of a free agent, and I was doing some homework a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the other Curry? Seth? Mm-hmm. So what did, what did you hear me say about what the Knicks need? I know. I know. Three ball makers, right? He's a, Three ball makers. Yeah. He is a 45 – he's a 44% – three ball shooter for his career this year. He's at 45%. Right. Oh yeah. I would love to have Seth Curry. Right. I would I love mean, to have Seth Curry. Larry. I've watched him live. Kill the Knicks, man. He, oh, yeah. whoo, yes. he torched us down in Dallas. We yeah. won the game, but he, he had his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's a free agent that you can kind of lean. all get all those big tier guys out of Somebody like Seth Curry kick that ball into Mitchell Robinson. If Mitchell Robinson can get an offensive game to think about, like Chris said, left hook, right hook, something like that down mm-hmm. low, you can now become a better passer. You get that ball, kick that ball out to Seth, and then you can do some things. Yes. I think that that's somebody they could look for. I don't know. I don't know if Nick fans have even thought about that, but I'm telling you, Seth Curry is an unrestricted free agent, man. And and I mean he how much money do you think he'll cost a year just roughly how much you thinking in your head I, I don't think uh, he, he 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 won't cost what Chris Paul's talking about hey, that, Larry <laughs> you, listen 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 Larry if you want a forty year old point guard that 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 can that can tell a good story and 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 is it real motivational I'll be on the first thing smoking in the morning what's good <laughs> I will pack my knee braces. And I will be just as motivational. Man, I, I'll be better than Alfonso Rebello in them commercials over there for State Farm. I, I ain't playing. Man, please, Larry. We don't and need listen. that. We need somebody young like like a Seth Curry, man. And I love Chris Paul. I love, I love Chris him to Paul. Death. I, love I love what his game death. I love his game and everything. But you know, at this point in time, I, I can't pay that amount of money for him. Damn right, Larry. I'd have loved it better ten years ago. Oh, you please. <laughs> listen. Forget about it, Larry. I I'd have done it five yeah. years ago. I'm just Larry. It's, an, it's not an indictment on Chris Paul. He's a Hall it's of Famer. Okay, no question. But I do. I just don't feel like paying that amount of money for Tony Robbins. Don't get Tony <laughs> Robbins to speak to the team before the game if you need motivation. If you need culture, I don't want to pay forty million dollars for culture. I, I don't. 
I don't want to pay no million dollars for culture. I know. You can build it with young people and quality veterans and qualities and a quality coaching staff. That's where yes. your that's where your culture's built, Larry. But he would be but and and here's the temptation. He could work on your point guards. Yeah, he, that that is not. I agree with you there. He could work. He would with be your a point hell guards. of a. I agree with you. I, that oh, I agree. Oh, he would. Boy, that I, yes, yeah. Especially a Frank Nilakina. If yes. you could put a little bit of Chris Paul and Frank Nilakina, yes, we Jesus man, we'd have yeah. a we'd have a quality point guard. Exactly. I, exactly. I heard somebody. I heard somebody earlier say something about Kevin Knox. Yes, I'm through with him, Larry. We're good. <laughs> Sample size is good. Marvel's fight no like too slow. Um, I know, Larry. Larry, it ain't gonna work here. It Trey, ain't gonna work here, Larry. Twenty years old. What was that nine? We got him nine. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Larry, God, you, well, you know, you, that is a draft bust. Why are you keeping Nilakina? He's twenty-one. Hey, keeping Nilakina. But why they play like they 37, Larry? Why do they play like this? See, and and that's why, and and you you make a great point, Trey. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. We'll talk again. And that's why I say it is so important to who is brought in to develop the guys that you have. All right. Who is developing these players? so that you're seeing limited improvement as opposed to substantial improvement in their games. Why did you say, no, look, we know players in all sports have sophomore setbacks. It happens, sophomore jinx, all that stuff. We know. And it'll be interesting to see how Kevin Knox comes back from that. And if he doesn't come back from that, then guess what? He's going to be a guy that's looking for a job in the NBA. But he, But will there be a coach like a Kenny Atkinson with what he did to D'Angelo Russell, who had the issues he had in L.A. And people were just like, he's sitting on rosters and he's not doing anything. But he had the opportunity with the coach who understood him, laid down the law with him, and improved him to the point that he got him a pretty good amount of money as a free agent. He wouldn't have made that money without that year in Brooklyn last year. There's no question. So coaching makes a difference. Can there be a coach who will be able to reach Kevin Knox, to be able to reach Frank Nilakina, to be able to reach Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett, to get them to take that next step where they are the players that you drafted them to be? That's going to be the question. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 